Uh, hi, everyone. My name's Alana. If you don't know me, I'm part of the staff team here at New Life, and I am bringing you your three-ish things this morning, the three-ish things that we think are important for you to know this week. So the first one that we have is an update on Jumpstart. If you saw our Friday email, you know this already. Caleb will get you to put the... Thank you. Um, we smashed our goal. Thank you so much to you guys um, for helping out. We were, wanted to fundraise um, to fund 300 backpacks, and we did that. We actually exceeded it. So a big thank you to you guys. Um, we're praising God that that, that came in. Uh, so what has happened now? Um, we have some excess funds, and that's really exciting. We're able to provide some food when people come and pick up. We're going to be having a little barbecue, spending some time just building relationship with those people. And then we are also going to reach out to a couple of the schools in the valley and just find out uh, what can we do with these extra funds, what would really make an impact for you in your classrooms and help you out the most. And so that's what we're going to be doing there. So thank you so much, New Life, for helping us out with that. We really appreciate it. The next um, one is we are partnering with FH for another missions trip. It is going to be next spring, March 11th to 19th. Uh, and we're actually taking a youth team. So we're telling you this, that it's happening. We invite you to pray, but it's actually youth that are going on this trip. So if you are part of our youth group, you would like to go, you need to be turning 16 next year, need to be turning 16 in 2023. Um, there's an application online. Uh, we can only take 11 youth, so um, we're going to be weeding through some applications and just finding out who can go, but we invite you to check that out, and if you are interested in that trip, to apply to go on it. And for the rest of us as a church, we're going to be supporting them with some fundraising uh, as well, and of course with loads and loads of prayer. And the last one, we don't have a graphic for, but just want to let you guys know if you are a young adult, sorry, young adult um, in our church, uh, there is a group in the Valley that is starting a young adult service. Uh, it's going to be held the first Sunday of every month in the evening, and right now they're going to be meeting at DPC. So that starts September 4th on the long weekend. If you're a young adult or you know a young adult, uh, please let them know about that. 7 o'clock, September 4th at DPC, young adult service. And they're trying to gather the young adults of all the, all the church churches and um, just build community there in the valley. So those are our three-ish things. Thank you so much for listening. I'm going to invite Alicia up now. As you guys know, we've been doing some, well, we do a little story every Sunday, but we've been highlighting some of the staff changes so that you know who's who in the zoo. And uh, this Sunday... We're talking with Alicia. Thank you for joining me. You're welcome. You're welcome. So Alicia's role changed, as some of you might know. Her role changed in the new year. Uh, and so we're going to talk about that a bit. Why don't you start off by just saying, what is it that you do here? Yeah. Um, I'm the youth director. So director of all the youth ministries here. And I work with discipling with students, um, not only just running a Tuesday night or Wednesday night, we journey with them throughout the year in spiritual formation and just growing closer to Christ. So that's kind of what I do. Yeah, a lot of coffees. We joke that my second office is the fishbowl. And we it. joke that we're always going to use her tab because we know she has one. So we I may or may not have an open tab <laughs> We don't there. do that. That's <laughs> true. So this is a full-time position yes, that you're it is working. Yes, full-time. Yeah. yeah. And so tell us, what is your passion? What What's your heart for the youth here at New Life? Uh, I am passionate about leadership development. So equipping students to go. 
Um, when we ask Christ to live in our heart, we already are equipped to go. So I love journeying with them and seeing how God has equipped them um, and challenging them. So one thing that we do that I think is my favorite part, I love youth, but this is my favorite, is running our leadership program called Deeper. So students in grade 10 to 12 choose to come in and be part of this program because they want to grow in their leadership development. And I get a journey with them throughout the year, but I also, it's not just me, but I have intergenerational mentors that are pouring into them. And I just think that's like uh, the whole picture of living in church family where you have the young people and the old people all pouring into each other and praying for each other and journeying with each other. So that's leadership development, equipping and empowering kids to go. That's my heart. And it's, yeah, it's so fun just to hear the stories. I get to hear some stories from some of the mentors that talk about what it's like meeting with those youth, and it's, it's really exciting. I know you're seeing the other side as well with, with the kids. That's great. So speaking of mentoring, um, we are starting in the fall. We're bringing on an intern to work with you in the youth, Isaac Burge. So why don't you tell us a little about that whole program, and, and what are you excited about having Isaac on board? Yeah, so... When I stepped into this position um, in the new year, well, when we talked about it in the fall, actually, um, they said, Alicia, like you were the assistant, so you stepped in as now the youth director. And so that's something we'd want to look at is bringing on an assistant or potentially an intern. And right away, I'm like, I'm passionate about developing people. So I want to bring on an intern. And right away we started discussing, like, is there somebody within the youth or would we go beyond the youth? Um, and my heart was our youth, right? I, I had a youth pastor when I was entering grade 11 who actually had me as a summer intern. And I think that was really a seed that was planted to where how God has called me um, to where I am now. And so for me, I was just like, to be able to give this opportunity to one of our students, to be able to journey with him. So there's this program called Youth Coalition, and they partner with different colleges and a church. And so a student will get um, two years of schooling while practically serving. So they are here at the church learning what it looks like to walk in that ministry, but they also have professors and teachers that are pouring into them and, and walking through what it looks like to go into ministry. Um, and so that's where Isaac Burge comes in. And I'm, it's right back to leadership development, y'all. <laughs> I'm so excited about working with Isaac and um, yeah, seeing how God uses both of us in this year, so. That's great. Thank you. So I know you were really hopeful that because Scott wasn't here, we weren't going to do the random questions. Okay. Scott told me I have to, and he can watch online, so he'll know if I don't. So <laughs> we're going to do what we're told. Do you have five or you have four? I actually have four because I couldn't think of five. Um, so don't take too long to think about it. Okay. Um, swimming or hiking? Oh, dang. I know. <laughs> Why did you? I, both. I'm sorry, but... I like you would hike up the mountain to a lake so you and could swim. I swam in the glacier lake. Yeah, <laughs> okay. I like. You, I know you love. I both. know. If you could travel anywhere tomorrow, where would it be? Mm. Uh, the first that came to my gut is Italy or Greece, but then Israel is pretty dang close. Mm -hmm. So those are my mm -hmm. three. I think. Good. What's your favorite thing to do as a family? 
Hike. I bring my kids, since they were four, on overnight backpacking trips, and they carry their own stuff. We're doing one this weekend, and I'm so excited, so. Nice. Um, Scott or Alana? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, last one. What's your, what's your favorite book of the Bible? Ecclesiastes. Ooh. I love it. Okay, you'll have to ask her why after. That's great. Thank you so much for sharing. Let's just take a moment. Let's pray for our youth. Let's pray for Alicia. If you have youth um, in your family or you know of some, come talk to Alicia. Find out how to get connected with those programs. Let's just pray for them now. God, we thank you so much um, for bringing Alicia to here at New Life. At the time you did, you knew what we were going to need here and now. And so we thank you for the gifts that you've given her. We thank you for what she is doing to develop leaders in this next generation and um, showing them how to walk that out practically, how to live in your kingdom practically and spiritually. God, we pray for the future here as we bring Isaac into this team with the youth and just pray for their, their working relationship. Uh, together that they would blend well and um, we pray for Isaac and for him as he grows in you as he grows in what it means to be in church ministry we thank you so much for these opportunities in Jesus name amen thanks Alicia thanks I think it's Wayne now isn't it come on up Wayne All right, good to be with you again this morning. Everybody get their homework done? <laughs> seven letters to the seven churches. Just as a point of reference in the next step in talking about love and what it looks like, sometimes it looks great and warm and fuzzy and sometimes not quite like that. But it's all a part of love. And I uh, had one fellow say, <clears throat> what on earth are you going to cover from the seven letters to the seven churches? There's not enough time in the service. Just a point of reference, and we'll get into it in a minute. Right now we're going to read Second John. No, John 2, sorry. Second John, yeah. Verses 7 to 14. And I want you to keep in mind the word Father. Jesus' disciples asked him, Lord, teach us how to pray. He started off with our father, overseer, protector, gentle, yet strong. For many deceivers have gone out, verse 7, out into the world who do not confess Jesus Christ as coming in the flesh. This is a deceiver and an antichrist. Now an antichrist is somebody not just directly opposed, but also a counterfeit. Think of it as watering down pure doctrine. Look to yourself that we may not, that may, we may do, pardon me, look to yourself that we do not lose those things we worked for, but that we may receive a full reward. Whoever transgresses and does not abide in the doctrine of Christ does not have God. And he who abides in the doctrine of Christ has both the Father and the Son. If anyone comes to you and does not bring this doctrine do not receive him into your house, nor greet him. For he who greets him shares in his evil deeds. Having many things to write to you, I did not wish to do so with 
paper and ink, but I hope to come to you and speak face to face that our joy may be full. The children of your elect sister greet you. Amen. Many deceivers have gone out into the world. 1 John chapter 2, verse 19, I have lots of scriptures today, simply says, they went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would have continued with us. But they went out that they might be made manifest that none of them were of us. 1 John chapter 4, verse 1. Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits, whether they are of God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. Somebody tells you a believer that they're a believer, ask them to prove it. That's the first thing that comes to mind. People say, oh, I'm, I'm a Christian, and my first thought is, I need to see that. Show it to me. Don't just tell me you are. Show it to me. Because this kind of love that God is active in our life is not just descriptive, but it's a verb in the sense of it's active. The love of God is active. And so, you see, you, you can't just believe everything a person says. I have a short little saying that keeps myself on track, and it's simply, I trust God. I trust God with people. I've learned to never trust people with God including myself. We assume too much. We presume too much. We think we're right on track and we need to actually face our, uh, ourselves in a mirror once in a while and ask God if that's true. Because we can have agendas. We have little things we like. We have favorite scriptures that we like. And we have scriptures that we don't like. My wife was tempted to tear a page out of the Bible this morning. <laughs> I encouraged her not to was not her favorite one. And you've heard uh, Andrew preach on that here in, in, in this very spot. But uh, So, carrying on. Just a word of caution. As we go about this contending for the faith and asking people to prove themselves, we should, be, uh, we should not be self-appointed fruit inspectors in the body of Christ. That's not what this is about. People grow. They grow at different, different stages, and different manners at different times. Though that's not what this is about. This is a little more um, serious than that. And neither should we be naive when it comes to suspicious doctrine or suspicious characters. Oh, I just love everybody. Really? You don't even know what love is if you can say that. And if you're actually doing that, how can you know what love actually is? You don't know the love of a father. If that's the only thing you're doing, making sure everybody feels happy all the time, I wish I could do that as a father. My own children know that's not true. <laughs> they were not always happy with me, nor I with them, because it's what it is as we grow up. And so there's this awkward balance in the, in the body of Christ even. In the book of Jude, chapter 1, verse 3, it says, Beloved, while I was very diligently to write to you concerning our common salvation... I found it necessary to write to you, exhorting you to contend earnestly for the faith, which was once and for all delivered to the saints. The word of God is the final word. And here is the final word on it. Revelation chapter 2, verse 19. And if anyone takes away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God will take away his part from the book of life 
from the holy city and from the things which are written in this book. <clears throat> Just the book of Revelation? Hang on to your seat for a minute. What we typically call this last book in the Bible is the book of Revelation. But listen to, what, to how it begins, because it begins with the, the revelation of Jesus Christ. Not just the book of Revelation, not just, oh good, now we can find out what's going to happen in the last days. It's not just about eschatology. It's about the entire word of God. The entire word of God. Old Testament to New Testament. We'll get to it in a minute, but there's a, a short little verse that says, Behold, in the volume of the book, it is written of me. That's Christ. The book's primary revelation is that of Jesus Christ. Its secondary revelation is to show, and it says right in there, his servants, things which must shortly take place. But what's the primary? And what's the secondary? Sometimes we get that backwards. We get people so fussed about when Jesus is going to come back, they lose track of where Jesus is today in their lives. Psalm 40, verse 7 says, Then I said, Behold, I come. In the scroll of the book, it's written of me. And Hebrews 10, 7 says, Then I said, Behold, I come. In the volume of the book, it's written of me to do your will, O God. Yes. That's Jesus. The volume of the book. Genesis 3, 15 is the first um, prophecy of, of Christ, of the Savior. Genesis 3, 15. Wow. Right after the fall. And there he is. To see us along our way. To see us along his way, better put. So what is being referred to as the book of prophecy is not just the last book of the Bible, but all the books of the Bible because they all speak of Jesus. Time and time and time again. The word of God, this is from Hebrews 4.12, the word of God is living and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Love is not simply a noun, it's a verb. It's an active verb. And the word of God is sharp and powerful, not to be played with, not to be toyed with, not to be taken lightly at all. Serious stuff. Serious stuff. Our Father bringing us up in the nurture and admonition of his spirit and his will. 2 Timothy 3.16. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, that is, revealing who Christ is, for reproof, revealing that which is that revealing that which is out of harmony with the character and the will of Christ. You ever found a verse that did that to you? Boom. Whoa. I better pick up on that one. Absolutely. For correction, being set straight by submitting and surrendering to Christ. Being set straight by putting aside the religious things that you're all fussed about. Sometimes people have more faith in their faith than they do in Jesus. And how silly is that? It's not going to get you anywhere. I don't, I don't have enough faith to make any difference in my life. I don't have enough love to make any difference in my life. But Jesus has enough. He is enough and he has enough for me. 
for instruction in righteousness that is being conformed to Christ in order to be that which is well-pleasing to him. Do you ever wonder what God thinks about what we do? Do you care about what God thinks? Ah, about what you're doing, about what you're thinking, about your planning. He is all over all of that. So let's get into the nitty-gritty and show, show you some stuff about love. Stunning, actually, some of it. How silly we can be as people. i put myself at the top of that list. 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 1 to 5. This is a church that Paul has come to, has had a lot to do with, but has a problem maturing. It has actually been reported that there is sexual immorality among you with, and such sexual immorality as not even named among the Gentiles that a man has his father's wife. He's sleeping with his mother and nobody in the church wants to say anything. Oh, no, we can't do that. Well, that's the pastor's job. Oh, the elders should have got that. Or no, it was worse than that. It was, it's, we just need to show love and just let it happen. It's, come on, it's their, it's their life choice, right? Isn't that the ridiculous thing we hear so much in the news today? We, we choose anything, and it's right because we've chosen it, right for us. But what if it's wrong with God? So not only was this man, pardon me, right, anyway, let's just read on. It's pretty, pretty self-explanatory. And he says, and you are puffed up and have not rather mourned. that he who has done this deed might be taken away from among you. Oh, no, we never do that. My goodness, terrible. For indeed, as I, absent in the body, but present in spirit, have already judged, not condemned, but judged the actions, right or wrong, as though I were present with him who has done this deed in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ when you were gathered together among, uh, along with my spirit, with the power of our Lord Jesus Christ, to deliver such a one to Satan for the destruction of the flesh that his spirit may be saved in the day of the Lord Jesus. So not, not throwing them out, not sending them to hell, but dealing with it so you're not coddling the person. It's called tough love. Oh no, we just love them. Yeah. Well, we need to know what love is and this is the Father's love coming through Paul to this church. And can you imagine what would happen happen if this thing spread through the whole church? One rotten apple spoils the whole barrel. Nobody likes the job, but it's part of the job of being a believer. And this is why I gave you this admonition um, to look at the seven letters to the seven churches because in the church of Ephesus, they'd left their first love. If they didn't repent of being so works-oriented, he was going to take their name off the door. Is that harsh or is that love? Take, he's taking his name off the door. You can't call it my church when you don't live as my church. We can't call ourselves his when we choose not to live as his children. Is it a hard thing? Sometimes it is. Depends on what, we got our, what basket we have our hand in. The church of Pergamos and, and, and in all of these churches... He said, yeah, this is good, but that's not good. You've got to stop doing that. 
And it was, the consequences were severe. How are the consequences today for anything? Pretty much non-existent. Wow. That's not love. That's not love. We talked last week that love both compels and constrains us. It does both. Gives us guidelines within we can live. Safe guidelines in which we can live. Responsibility. We need to be more responsible. The church at Thyatira, Jesus said they were doing well except that they were allowing a self-appointed prophetess named Jezebel to lead people astray. Unless they repented of their deeds, they would, they, those involved would die. Really? Yes, really. In the book of Acts, Ananias and Sapphira, everybody was giving everything they had to the church. And Ananias came in and said he'd given everything to the church, but he held something back. Well, it's his to hold it back, wasn't it? Yes, it is, but declare it if you're holding it back. But he didn't. He said he gave everything. Boom. He was dead before he left the room. What is that? That's God loving his church. Don't sacrifice your church for the sake of one person. You can't do that. We live not just in Christ. We live for Christ. And we live in his church and for his church. The church in Sardis said they had a reputation of being alive. <laughs> but Jesus said, you're dead. You're dead. All that you're doing, you're dead. I've heard it said that there was a, a uh, fellow that came from a third world country. He'd been evangelized. And their church was growing. And, and, but he was curious about North America, because that's where this fellow came from. So he came to North America, and he went from one church to the next, seeing how they were doing and, and what they were doing and all this sort of stuff. And at the end of it, they asked him, so what do you think of the North American church? And he said, I'm quite amazed at how much they can accomplish without Christ. Wow. We get too good at what we're doing when we do it a lot. You need to be careful of that. I used to be a truck driver. I did that for 27 years. And I discovered that my most dangerous time was when I didn't know what I was doing. And then my safest time was when I did know what I was doing. And then my worst time was when I really got good at it. And the time when I knew what I was doing and safe was only a couple of years. <laughs> Be careful as we walk, as we grow. Are we paying attention? We sing songs about it. That's good. We should do that. But are we, are we looking? Jesus, where are you? More importantly, where am I in this situation? Oh, yeah. And, and you just ask Jesus to help you when, when you can't do something? I just was doing that the other day. I was trying to get something done, and I wasn't, didn't quite know what I was doing. And I had to stop and realize I didn't ask Jesus to help me with it. Well, you shouldn't have to do that all the time, should you? You know what? If you're dependent upon him, which we should be, yes, you should do that all the time.
Absolutely. Well, I just want to read where God is taking us and what he's doing in our lives from a little book. In closing, it's by Jerry Benjamin. It's called Little, little Nuggets. Jerry Benjamin is a Jewish um, Christian, profound Bible teacher. His theology is excellent. It says in here, the word repent is ascribed more often in Scripture to the redeemed than in reference to the unsaved. Oh, well, should, we shouldn't have to repent after we believe, should, should we? Dare we not? How many here has never made a mistake since you've been a believer? Put my hand down. Yeah, exactly. The church is described as the bride of Christ, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish, Ephesians 5.27. Faultless before the presence of his glory, Jude 24. Yet the church is also characterized as having a form of godliness, but denying the power that is the person thereof, 2 Timothy 3.5. Is that your life? Having this profession of faith, but... Den but den uh, Denying the power thereof, the power to live as a believer. So, uh, at the bottom of this, I'm just in conclusion. Consequently, we devise methods, programs, strategies, techniques, and activities to circumvent our need for the living and indwelling Christ to live his life in us and through us. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Every one of those churches in, in that book. They, they, they did that somewhere and got tangled up in it. Like Israel returning to the land without returning to the Lord, the church is attempting to accomplish and attain in our own effort that which only Christ can do. Living the Christian life is not difficult. It is impossible. It is impossible. Only Christ can live the Christian life. That is why Christ gave his life for us so that he can live his life no, so that he can give his life to us in order to live his life in us and through us. Right? Live his life in us and through us. It's not us, not about us. It's about Jesus. And us allowing his, to be himself. So, contending for the faith. Yes, absolutely. And that's the faith that was handed down to us, not for us to be in a religious self-improvement program, not that you're doing that, I don't believe anyone here would ever do that, but if you were doing that, it wouldn't be good. And our Father has the courage and the love to say something. And who knows whether you were created for such a time as this. Hmm. Yes, Lord, whatever. Go and say this. Oh, I could never do that. We can't say that to Jesus. We need to go and say what we need to go and say. Go and do what we need to go and do because he's looking after the church. He's the Lord of the church. He runs the church if you let him. <laughs> if you don't, you've got a pretense of church. Not that anybody here would ever do that. Thank you for your time, your attention. I've enjoyed the last couple of weeks. I think 
Scott gave me the hardest scriptures in the Bible to preach on, but <laughs> that's never stopped me because I've never been the preacher anyway.